It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Crossover Wednesday today, Bill Rossetti joins the program, host of Locked on Panthers, And we're going to get into a lot of different things, including the Cam Newton news from yesterday. He is going on IR. That means his season is over. Kyle Allen will be the quarterback for the near future and and really for the indeterminate future of this team moving forward. We will talk to Bill about whether or not this is the long-term future of the Panthers at quarterback and whether Cam Newton may be on a new team as soon as next year season. I want to save that discussion for the the crossover portion of the of the show with Bill because you know he's going to have his his finger on the pulse there a lot better than I am. I'm just going to be sitting here sort of spe- speculating from afar and I don't want to do that. We were waiting on Tuesday to see if the Packers would make a move with Ibrahim Campbell, who they signed uh as the season was getting underway but put him on the PUP. Uh he is a hybrid linebacker safety, someone who played well in spurts last year for the Packers, um, but then had that the torn ACL had him on PUP. And all of a sudden the Packers are back scrambling, trying to figure out what they're going to do with that hybrid linebacker safety position. Campbell is a potential solution there. And I wrote earlier this week for Acme Packing Company about Mike Patton searching for answers and his inability to find the right combination of inside linebackers and uh, safeties. And and that has caused him to be playing Chandon Sullivan and Will Redman and even try Josh Jackson a little bit at safety. Ben Fennell had this great tweet um, that against the Chargers, with one linebacker on the field, Green Bay gave up 27 carries for 146. That's a 5.41 
per carry average with two linebackers on the field, whether it was B.J. Goodson and Blake Martinez or Blake Martinez with Oren Burks uh, or Oren Burks with B.J. Goodson. 11 carries, 13 yards. That's a 1.18 per carry average. Now, you say, how does that connect to what's going on with Ibrahim Campbell? Campbell is um, a, a more adept player as a safety playing in the box than someone like Adrian Amos as a as a de facto linebacker. Because it's not that Amos is, is an inferior player. It's that you'd rather have Amos in the back end. And you'd rather allow him to cover tight ends and, and worry about being a deep half or a deep middle uh, type safety. Or you, you'd rather him being, you know, the robber safety. There, there are a lot of different ways you'd like to deploy Adrian Amos. As a linebacker, is really not one of them, regardless of what Bears fans are going to tell you. Campbell, though, he is, is more comfortable doing that. He can play in the box as that nickel linebacker type that, you know, what Dom Capers used to call the nitro backer. He, he really looked nice doing that at times for the Packers last year before the injury. And to be able to plug him in, you know, he, he I really think, had he been healthy, he would have been the starter at this position heading into the year. Now, that's not to take away from what Raven Green did because Raven Green came in in the preseason and training camp and earned his spot and was a, a critical piece for this defense and looked like he was on his way to have a really a breakout season. Unfortunately, the injury robbed him of that potential. Green Bay was lucky that they had Ibrahim Campbell waiting, and not lucky, really, because they had the foresight to say when this guy gets healthy, he can get back on the field and he can help us. No, that's not to say that just because he's activated doesn't mean he's suddenly going to become someone who's going to play 70% of snaps for you, especially not this week. I think you're going to see two linebackers a lot more. I think you're going to see Oren Burks on the field more. I think you're going to see B.J. Goodson on the field more. Blake Martinez just did not have a great game on Sunday. And the more I go back and watch, the more it's like, yeah, the defensive line had some issues. But when your linebackers do not play downhill, and Blake Martinez is supposed to be that guy, that's supposed to be what he's good at, is coming downhill and making plays in the run game. It's what he was good at in 2017 and at times in 2016 and at times in 2018. His best trait last year was as a blitzer. Well, Mike Patton hasn't really used him as a blitzer. And he hasn't really done the things... In, in the run game that we came to expect from him in 2017. So if you're not doing the one thing that you were really good at last year, and you're not doing the one thing you were really good at two years ago, what would you say you do here? At the risk of, of permeating this podcast with office space references, you know, it, it, is, it is starting to get strange. And I, I think at this point, it is hard to imagine Green Bay having a lot of interest in bringing Blake Martinez back on any sort of you know, significant money deal. He's not a franchise linebacker. There's no question. You want to see a franchise linebacker put on the Carolina tape. Luke Keekley is that dude. Blake Martinez is not. And I think if if Green Bay pays him, they're going to be setting their defense back because he just, he is not the guy. And I, I have defended Blake Martinez. People act like he's, you know, unrosterable. They act like he should be playing in the AAF. No, no, no. He is a flawed player who, on a defense with more talent around him in, in specific ways, on a defense that 
plays a little bit differently or that has, you know, let's say um, a stud defensive front. When they had Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark and he could stay clean, that was when he was at his best. You know, if he played in in Detroit and you've got Snacks Harrison, you've got Sean Robinson, you've got all these big bodies up front, Trey Flowers, Mike Daniels. That's the kind of team where Blake Martinez could be really useful. I think the coverage questions are overrated, but they needed help in this overhang space, this overhang defender situation with playing this, this five, one just, it was untenable when you have the three down linemen, the two outside linebackers, and then a linebacker. It's just, it, it is not, it's not a way that you can consistently play because you don't have someone in Blake Martinez who can impact the passing game really at all. You have to scheme around what he is and isn't able to do. And on the in, in the run game, he just isn't good enough. And so what you can do now is you can play Campbell in the box with him. And that allows you to, to have a player who is more adept at making plays in the run game, who is going to play fast. The way that B.J. Goodson has, has been impactful this year is just sort of playing with his hair on fire. Just coming downhill. Fire. Fire your guns. That's what they call it. That's the, that's the scouting term. That's the football term for it. When you see what's happening and you come downhill, it's called firing your guns. Fire your guns. And that's what BJ Goodson does. We haven't seen Blake Martinez really do it. And so I think it's going to take someone like Ibrahim Campbell a little bit of time to get on the field and be useful. I think they're going to work him in. They've done that slowly with basically everyone. I don't think you're going to, you're going to see a game on Sunday unless he has to be out there where they're going to say, all right, look, we need you to play 75, 80% of snaps and you're going to go cover Christian McCaffrey one-on-one. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to take the approach that they took against Chicago last year. They're going to play Christian McCaffrey when he splits out wide with a safety. And you're just going to sort of live with them running the ball. If they want to run the ball, you say, okay, Christian McCaffrey, we don't don't want to give up the big play, but we are willing to let you run the ball. What we are not going to let you do is beat us in the passing game. We're not going to put linebackers on you if we can avoid it. We're not going to let you beat us on Texas routes, on arrow routes, uh, in the screen game. We're just going to say, if you want to beat us, you're going to have to do it between the tackles. Because on the edges, we're going to rally to the ball and contain you. Contain is the theme of the week. No big plays, and Carolina can't score enough. That's just that's the reality. And Ibrahim Campbell is part of the solution. How big? We'll see. And maybe I should rephrase that to say he is part of the solution eventually. We'll see how big a part he will be this week. And and if he can get back to you know physically where he was, that's a part of this as well. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed-coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number 
number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, it's time to get to our crossover Wednesday. Bill Rossetti, host of Locked on Panthers, is on the show. And I'm, I'm going to need to practice Locked on Panthers versus Locked on Packers because I know I'm going to screw it up at some point. <laughs> uh, Bill, thanks for coming on the show and, and giving us a taste of what's coming with the Carolina Panthers, who have, I think, been a little bit of a surprising team. Uh, even with Kyle Allen, uh, we were just getting the news about Cam Newton. And before we get to a little bit of the preview of this game, I want to ask you about the Cam Newton stuff because there's a lot of speculation that he has played his last down in a Carolina Panthers uniform. Do you think that is going to be the case? And do you think that ought to be the case? Yeah, I, th- I think it's very possible. First of all, yeah, glad glad to be with you, Peter. Like I said, um, definitely was looking forward to this one, talking with you for a long time. So really glad we're doing this. But yeah, I, th- I think it's very plausible that Cam Newton has played his final down as a Carolina Panther. Um, I don't know if it actually is going to happen, but obviously look at the financial situation. Uh, the Panthers would only have about $2 million in dead money on the salary cap if they were to cut Cam before the 2020 season. And we know the quarterback class coming up in 2020 is going to be very good. Uh, and, and the Panthers right now are would be sitting kind of in the middle of the draft order. Uh, so they may or may not be in a position to grab one of those quarterbacks, if obviously that's the route they wanted to go to, they may not necessarily go that route, but um, it, it, that option's always on the table. And again, we, we start looking at the draft. you got, well, Joe Burrow's going to go high. Tua, Tua Tungo-Vailoa is going to go high. But Jordan Love's getting some uh, some love, no pun intended. Uh, Jacob, Eas, or, uh, Jacob Eason, obviously, get, or yeah, Jacob Eason getting some love. Jake Fromm kind of is your... Eh, he almost feels like the Drew Locke right now in terms of uh, some people like him, some people hate him, so you don't know which way he's going to go. But uh, it may be getting to the point where, you know, the Panthers are going to have to start to move on. I know it's tough for a lot of people to to kind of fathom that idea, but the fact of the matter is 
the last how many games Cam Newton's played in, he has not been effective. And it's because of the injuries. And at this point, with his age, can we really trust him to be healthy again for a full 16 games? I don't think that's the case. I mean, he hasn't played a full 16 in you know, a couple of years, obviously. He, he missed a few games last year, and now obviously he's been out since week two, and those will now be the only two games that he's played all year. So, you know, you're, you're going into a 2020 now where you've got a quarterback in his mid-30s whose body has to be pretty broken from all the hits he's taken and just the style of play. So... To me, I think right now Kyle Allen is probably the favorite to be the 2020 Week 1 starter, and eventually I think they're going to continue to groom Will Greer and eventually make him the starter, or at the very least make him some kind of trade chip to maybe get some future picks as well and maybe develop somebody else. A lot lot of options on the table, but I I do think... Cam Newton very possibly has played his final game. So you mentioned Kyle Allen, and I want to get to um, the, an explication of, of his uh, strengths and weaknesses here. Uh, to me, when I watch him, he looks like uh, a quarterback that Packer fans are going to be very familiar with. To me, he looks like he's sort of the the Costco version of Kirk Cousins, some someone who when you <laughs> when you put him in a scheme where you can focus on the run game. He's got playmakers on the outside, and you're asking him to just give them opportunities. Just give them chances to make plays. Don't put it all on him. Um, he can he can make those throws. He can make throws down the field. And when he's when he's right, it can look pretty. It can look nice. Um, and then if you fluster him, he can throw the ball to the wrong team, and it can it can go a little bit sideways. What do you what do you think of of that assessment and that comparison as it relates to what the Packer fans listening can expect on Sunday? I that that's a that's an interesting comparison as far as uh, and, and I like it though too. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I think it's interesting in like a funny way. The Costco version of Kirk Cousins. I'm gonna have to remember that one. <laughs> that was good. Um, but I th- I think you hit the nail on the head, Peter. Um, this is absolutely an offense right now that is predicated on the playmakers, right? Mm-hmm. It's It obviously starts now with Christian McCaffrey at the top, especially now that Cam Newton's out. So this offense runs through Christian McCaffrey, who is obviously an MVP candidate right now. I think my vote right now would go to Russell Wilson, but Christian McCaffrey is obviously in the mix. So the, the offense runs through him, and then you've got DJ Moore, you've got Curtis Samuel, who has been... He's having a nice season. You know, we didn't think I, – I think we were hoping for a little bit more out of him, but he hasn't completely disappointed. You know, he's still a pretty good deep threat. Um, but Kyle Allen, it's all about just taking care of the football and just getting the ball in the hands of those guys and Greg Olson and just letting Christian McCaffrey run run wild. Now, like you said, if you fluster him, he can he can get you into trouble. Look no further than the the game against the 49ers. Three interceptions. Uh, that entire offense just looked absolutely ugly, uh, and, and especially coming off a bye too. Because I that that's all I kept talking about too after the 49ers game was the fact that this was fresh off a bye week. Now, granted, of course, they played in London two weeks prior, but still, you had the week off. Um, you had all this time to prepare for the 49ers, and 
your offense just comes out flat, and then obviously, you know, the defense didn't do them any favors either, but the offense just looks absolutely flat. San Fran just bottles him up all game long, and then last week he throws an interception again against the Titans, who, you know, they, they've they've got a good defense themselves, a mm-hmm. really good secondary, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a similar it's it's kind of a, a continuing trend now. They're going up against good secondaries. You saw San Francisco have a really good one. Tennessee has a good one, and now you're going up against uh, Green Bay, where you're going up against um, going up against guys like as I'm drawing the complete blank. Jair Alexander, obviously, is the first one that comes to mind, and of course, a couple other Adrian Amos, who has been a, a hell of a free agent addition for the Packers secondary. So if Kyle Allen's not uh, if Kyle Allen's not on his game, and we we kind of talked about the front seven of the Packers, how they they'll be able to cause problems, I think, especially against this offensive line. So if they can rattle Kyle Allen, I think that Packers secondary may find themselves uh, with a souvenir <laughs> or two on Sunday. Maybe they'll get Kyle Allen to sign it after. All right, we're going to get back to Bill in just a second, but before we do, I want to tell you about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. This episode is brought to you by WISE. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with WISE, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with WISE, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. I'm wondering about this Panthers defense because uh, for all the wailing and gnashing of teeth from Packer fans about this run defense for Green Bay, uh, right now the Carolina Panthers sit dead last in run defense DVOA, which is, I think, very strange because they're third in pass defense DVOA. That is not something we are used to seeing. Uh, Usually if you are uh, such a very good defense against the pass, you're not last. Maybe you're not great against the run but you're not last and yet that has been the case for for Carolina what what has been holding them back from becoming a better run defense and has it just been as simple as they just care more about the passing defense yeah it, it could be and it, it's really it is really strange that they would struggle so much against the run I mean you, you look at the talent they have on paper you know going into the season especially after the signing for Gerald McCoy you're thinking okay this is going to be such a great front seven and you know, good luck throwing the ball on us because our secondary's improved. Good luck running on us because we've got Dontari Poe in the middle. We've got Short and we've got uh, McCoy that's just going to get after you. And, you know, you're not going to be able to push us around. Well, now Short's out for the season and uh, Poe's been up and down. It, it's it's just strange. It, it's head-scratching to, to think that this team just has struggled struggled against the run now granted they've been going up against some pretty good running backs but even still you'd think a defense that's led by luke keekley that is arguably the best middle linebacker in football a defense with shaq thompson who is so athletic and so versatile and and just the way they 
you know, substitute players and mix cover or mix fronts and get fresh players out there. It's it's just baffling when you think about it that a front seven that looks like this can be so bad against the run. And that's bad news on Sunday because we've seen, and it's not just Aaron Jones, because we we touched on Aaron Jones a little bit, even on the flip side with us. Jamal Williams is having a hell of a season too. You know, it's, Matt LaFleur has just been doing a nice job. Now, you know, for fantasy purposes, I know it's really frustrating, and I should know as as an Aaron Jones owner, I've watched for a couple weeks being like, why is he not on the game? Uh, Especially the Monday nighter, but which, which, you know, he had the drop pass, which was, um, tough. This is tough. You know, acceptable. Uh, I I have Jamal Williams, so it, I understand your your pain. Luckily for luckily for me, he's <laughs> like a flex play when you when you need somebody else. But uh, I, I'm wondering about the the passing defense though, because it seems to me, and as as much as you know, a team that is that is designed by and called by Kyle Shanahan can provide a blueprint. It's like okay, well. The blueprint for the 49ers is have Kyle Shanahan. But when it comes to attacking this Panthers yeah. defense, particularly through the air, um, when when teams use play action against them, they are giving up 2.2 yards more in attempt than when teams are trying to straight drop. San Francisco had some success with that. Tennessee had a little bit of success with that. And when you are so focused on trying to not be the worst run defense in football, I think it's only only human even though there's mountains of data out there that suggests you don't need a great run game to uh, you know, have a, a good play-action game, when you are so worried about being a bad run defense, I think intuitively you would expect that you, would, you, you may be more susceptible to play-action passing, and that is actually bearing itself out with the Panthers this year. Are you concerned that after what we saw in San Francisco that that's how teams like Green Bay, for example, are going to attack them? Yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I think you're right. San Francisco definitely laid the blueprint to, to beating this Panthers defense, which had looked good over the, the first few weeks of the season. James Bradbury had been improving, and you know Ross Cockrell was playing really well in place of the injured Dante Jackson. But, you know, the safety play was definitely up and down, particularly Trey Boston, who, you know, he, he's there – to kind of help in the run game, but he, he's kind of struggled tackling at times. And, then you know, Eric Reed is, is kind of the leader. But o- overall, it's, it's, it's a puzzle to figure out what you're going to get out, out of this Panthers secondary. And with all the options that Green Bay is going to fire at you, like we just talked about the two running backs and then just so many receivers, I mean, it, it's concerning. It, it's tough to figure out how the Panthers are going to match up, how they're going to defend Aaron Rodgers and defend uh, all, all these receivers while keeping an eye on Jones and Williams. You know, I, I think this could be a, a, another situation where the secondary is going to get picked apart a little bit, and I think this Panthers offense is going to have to score points because I don't think uh, the Panthers' defense is going to be, you know, you know, you're, you're not getting a repeat of last week with the Chargers. You know, did the, maybe the Chargers gave a little bit of a blueprint to stop in the Packers, but this, the Packers won't let themselves be embarrassed like that on offense two weeks in a row. I think they're going to come out angry, 
and unfortunately the Panthers just happen to be right in the crosshair. So, you know, Bradbury, this is going to be a spot where he has to prove that, or that, where he has to show that that improvement he's made over the first few weeks of the season was not a fluke, because he can still get burned. He was very inconsistent in 2018, so he, he's just got to continue to to raise his level of play, I think, if, if the Panthers are going to have any shot in this one. Right, the Packers are five-point favorites. Uh, I think you know a lot of a lot of people are feeling the way you are that Green Bay is going to come out pissed off, and they're going to take out some of their aggression on the Panthers. Do you have a, a call on how you think this one is going to end? Yeah, this was this has always been one of those games on the schedule that worried me for the Panthers. You know, even looking at the second half figuring out games that they needed to win to make a playoff push. This was a spot where, you know, it, it just, it was going to be rough. And I, I think Green Bay is going to take care of business. And again, like I said, especially coming after, uh, coming off what happened last week, I'm going to say Green Bay 34, Carolina 24. Interesting. I I think it's going to be a little bit closer, uh, but I think it's going to be the kind of game, to your point, that Green Bay comes out and and um, they they get right a little bit. Uh, it is going to be last I looked high of twenty nine, uh, low of fifteen. It's going to be cold, and so it's it's it does make you wonder. You know, if the Packers, let's say that you know they've been the best first quarter offense in the league, if they go up fourteen nothing, does a warm weather team just decide, nah, we're done because it, they would not be the first team to succumb to the elements in Lambeau Field. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point. You know, they've because they really haven't played in too many uh, too many cold weather spots. I don't think so. That's I, I didn't realize it was going to be that cold. Ooh, and I, and I thought it was going to be cold here in PA. Oh boy. <laughs> Bill, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I uh, always appreciate the Crossover Wednesday insight. Uh, likewise, man. So glad to get to talk to you, Peter. Appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Bill again for joining the show. We're going to get into the scouting report on Thursday and then our, our live show on Friday. If you're not already following uh, on Periscope, go do that. That is the best way to see the show live. We go live at 4 Central, 5 Eastern, uh, that's three mountain and two Pacific for those of you who struggle with your time zone conversions, um, or who are just mad that it's dark at five o'clock now, which I just is stupid, but that's a, that's a, a tale for a different day. Uh, we're, we do those shows and we'll continue to do those shows, even though, um, it's going to be dark and that, that sucks, but that's the reality of the situation. So, uh, our live show four central five Eastern on Friday, on Periscope. Uh, best way to find that is by following me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Uh, that is also a show that becomes a podcast. So subscribe so you can get it. It comes out late on Friday, which is not ideal for the schedule. I understand, but you're driving around on Saturday. You want to throw it on. That'd be great. We're, we're trying to get the injury report up there. That's part of why we do it. It is a week that I think we're going to take more than normal questions because the injury report is pretty clean. It's pretty clean. There's no questions about Devontae Adams. You know, we're going to get our first glance at the injury reports uh, today. So, you know, maybe some stuff pops up. Maybe Kevin King's injury is something we have to take a closer look at it or 
or you know there there are i guess other uh, things that could pop up that we don't know about yet i can't predict the future so we'll see but that's that's what we try and do with that friday show but i'm saying i think it'll be a lot of your questions so send those in when the packers lose i always the locked on packers fan hotline is lighting up and when they win it is often remarkably quiet uh and and that's to be expected i guess but send me your questions uh, I do have I do have plenty this week because of the loss, but you send me more. I want I want the just the best ones. Let's let's get the premiere the the filet mignon of locked on Packer questions. Send them to me at 920-341-3775. The best way to stay locked on Packers.